MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He barely talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? <sighs> I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two he's blitzed. I bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid his weird story. Polish last name. Yeah. What was your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol in my volume. Alcohol in my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it. Nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the analog drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay, good. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer. Okay, that should be more there, right? Where? On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. Tuesday. Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2013. Pre-recorded tonight because I have family obligations for Christmas Eve. I believe I am probably um, eating some Chinese food for dinner around this point. Um, Bring that down a little bit in the back there. Uh, Enjoying the sounds of Bob and Doug from you uh, people that might remember them from SCTV. I don't know. Maybe I'm showing my age. I have no idea. So anyway, welcome to the show. As I've said, pre-recorded. So if you're in chat, <laughs> sorry, you fuckers. But eh, whatever. Um, you know what? I'm gonna do a little bit of promotion at the at the top of the show here for my good pal Joe Coletta. Do yourself a favor. Pick up the new comedy release from him. It's entitled Coletta Calls Volume One. It's his prank album. And if you've listened to More Like Radio for any length of time, you have undoubtedly heard at least one of the pranks he's done at some point. Go to CousinJoeShow.com, and this is how it works. You donate at least $5 or more to the show. There's a donate button on CousinJoeShow.com, and you'll receive an email with a link to download the MP3 album. It's 21 tracks. It's an hour and 20 minutes. There's even a preview track on the uh, on CousinJoeShow.com. You can check that out. I've gotten, I've donated to get my copy, so you fuckers need to go get yours too. Joe, Joe deserves this. Joe's, Joe's put a lot of work into this. He's a good guy. He might not come across that way sometimes, but he's a good guy, really. Yeah, so, uh, beers I'm drinking. It's still a lot of the same stuff in my fridge right now. Although, during the course of my video shoots last week, I decided to um, check out Trader Joe's around the area of one of my shoots, and I'm trying to remember 
what the hell the name of the town was, like Westfield or something like that. Town in Jersey, it's one of only two Trader Joe's in the state that sells alcohol. So, planning to go there, I knew that Trader Joe's had their own house beer, uh, relatively cheap, and I was figuring, okay, maybe they'll have that, they'll have a different, you know, like a light variation of it or something, maybe some different Trader Joe's wines, and that would be it. Well, nothing prepared me for what I pretty much walked into, Ugh, excuse me, when I walked into that store. First of all, it was busy as shit, which I should have expected as Trader Joe's. But then when I walked into the alcohol section, it was not merely Trader Joe's beers. No, there, there was Lagunitas, there was Brooklyn Brewery. They even had, it, it, was, it was a small selection, very small selection, but they even had a build a six-pack selection. Um, honestly, there were maybe seven or eight different beers to choose from from that and maybe like one or two bottles of each of them. So barely a pick a six pack collection, but if there was really stuff in there you wanted to try out, it'd be worth it. But anyway, a lot of the beers there, stuff that I had never seen before, were tagged as only at Trader Joe's. So these were the Trader Joe's exclusives. So of course, I'm standing there like a dummy not knowing what the hell to get. I gravitate towards the cheapest stuff because I figured I came here to get the Trader Joe's cheap beer this is what I'm going to do. Of course, that was easier said than done because there were three different really cheap ones. Um, each one, $3.99 for a six-pack of cans. Um, one of them, I want to say it was like called Name Tag, something like that. It, it was like a red badge kind of on the, on the can, very nondescript otherwise. Uh, but the one I got was Simpler Times Lager. Um, and I'm trying to remember the... I'm trying to remember the brewer, specific brewer of that. Let me go to my recent activity on Untapped, and that will be able to tell me what it is probably. Uh, let's see. Simpler Times Lager by Minhas Craft Brewery, and I believe they are out of Monroe, Wisconsin. Yes, Monroe, Wisconsin. So um, they had the Simpler Times Lager, and they had a Simpler Times Pilsner, which I'm actually probably going to grab next time I'm in there. And like I said, it was three ninety nine for a six pack. Now the surprising thing, considering the cheapness of the six pack, was that the alcohol by volume of this beer was about six point five. So for those of you that have been on the ABV beer tasting list at tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting, you'll know that I have a column there that kind of rates the mm, like best bang for your buck in terms of price versus alcohol. And this one is by far the the highest among that. Um, let's see here. Uh, tiny URL. There we go. Thank God for autocomplete. Um, let me bring that. And I've, I've been adding a lot to this list lately. So you guys are free to do it. Tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Uh, simpler times lager. Okay. The best one in terms of, um, alcohol to dollar ratio from the, at this point had been big flats, 1901. You remember me discussing it last week. That was the cheap beer from Walgreens, which was three fifty for a six pack. Of course, that one's only 4.5% alcohol by volume price per can came to 58 cents. 
With simpler times, it comes to 67 cents a can. Yeah, I know I'm talking numbers. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to get deep into that. But the number in that rating column, higher number is better, was a 0.93. Now, I think that's the closest I had seen anything on here come to a 1.0 on this list. Um, and simpler times logger shattered that at a 1.11. So I, and I'm sorry, it's not 6.5 percent. It's uh 6.2 percent, I believe. Let me make sure I have that right. Uh, yeah, six point. I'm sorry, 6.2 percent for simpler times longer. But anyway, 3.99 for a six pack. But what you really want to know is how shitty is it? And the very honest answer is, it's actually pretty good. Um. There was a sweetness in it that I did not anticipate whatsoever. Um, and, and it's an American adjunct lager, so it's you know it's a similar style to your Buds and Millers and stuff like that. But there there was a bit of a sweetness in it, and it actually kind of reminded me of the first uh, American adjunct lager that I had homebrewed in terms of that sweetness. However, there was actually more flavor in this. Now... Part of that's probably, you know, the, the alcohol content will, will roll into that. But for a three ninety nine six pack of beer, you cannot beat this. This is something, if this Trader Joe's was closer to me, this would be a go-to beer for me. However, it's probably a good, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 minutes from my work. And then it's also in the opposite direction of the way I go home. So it's not exactly easy for me to to do that, uh, especially I'd be going, you know, um, against traffic to Trader Joe's and going with traffic on the way home. So I'd I'd be screwed in rush hour by the time I got back. But this 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 would be a go to beer for me. I think I have one can left in my fridge. I was expecting this to be garbage, and it was really really good. Uh, from what I've seen on Untapped. Um, I mean, it does only have an overall two and a half star rating, but, um, a lot of comments I see on it, people, people say, you know, very good, um, works by the pool or in the hot tub. Um, you know, uh, let's see, one person's not saying good things about it. Um, see somebody else says, wow, boo this beer. Okay. You know, different opinions. Somebody else on there says tastes like yingling, which is, you know, that's that's praise for me. Um, I'm going to try the Pilsner next time I'm there, and I actually may pick up some more of the lager too. But I did pick up one other thing there and another uh, specific Trader Joe's beer. It was actually, it's contract brewed by Unibrew, or Unibrow, however you pronounce that. And it's Trader Joe's Vintage Ale uh, 2013. And let me, see, I'm trying to remember, I think it's... I want to say a dark Belgian ale, but I want to make sure. Let me look this up here. Uh, Trader Joe's Vintage Ale. Belgian Strong Dark Ale. Haven't even cracked it open yet, but it it was another ridiculously cheap thing. Um, Now, for the alcohol dollar ratio, because it came in a 22-ounce bottle, it doesn't hit that well. But 9% alcohol by volume... And it was only four ninety nine for that bottle. I was fully expecting to pay, I don't know, um, maybe like ten bucks for it. 
So I, I got out of I got out of Trader Joe's without even spending ten bucks, and got a six pack of beer and then another twenty two ounce bottle. So not not too bad overall. Um, the ratings on the Trader Joe's Vintage Ale are actually pretty good. On Beer Advocate, it has an eighty seven uh, overall rating. Um, let's see, some people uh, sweetness of high alcohol multi beer, well balanced by toast and hops, very drinkable and great for the price. Thus, great for anything. I have a feeling I may uh, enjoy this on Christmas. So, so I got the Trader Joe's beers, and then that same day I actually uh, picked up because I, I I I needed some like regular rum here. I I did not. I have spiced rum in the fridge, but I wanted some regular dark rum, and I decided to go local with this busted barrel dark rum from Jersey Artisan Brewing. I had tasted their stuff at the uh, Big Brew Beer Fest in Morristown. I've talked to them a few times on Twitter, and they kind of guided me in the right direction as to who stocks in the area. So I picked up a bottle. I think it was maybe about $35, $36 for a bottle. That bottle's going to last me for ages probably, though. Mm -hmm. But I have a call out to the listenership. Let me know on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Or on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S or at M-L-R underscore alcohol. Let me know any ideas you have for good slash easy rum-based drinks. I know you're going to be a smart ass say, well, just pour the rum into a glass and drink it. Okay, yeah, obviously I'm going to do that. But um, just other ideas, um, you know, ways of drinking it hot and things like that. Like I'm, I'm going to use that in a hot flip, possibly tonight after the show. Uh, because, obviously, the, the spice rum does not... I don't know. I think the spice rum just did not have the right right thing going for it. So, I'm going to try this one. Um, smells good. I have not had any from this bottle, but like I said, I did try it at the Big big Brew Beer Fest. God damn, too many bees there. And it went down nice and smooth. Uh, they're... they're um, the regular rum is fantastic too. The dark rum, a little bit more of a kick, but still very, very good. And of course, I'm drinking some more sweet baby Jesus tonight. Really, 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 really good. I think uh, I might have two more bottles of that. I haven't been drinking that much lately. It, it, eh, I don't know, but I, I, I did, I did lose a little bit more weight. I'm down to 162. I don't know how the hell that happened. So within the past like few months, I've lost. Um, I can't do math, like 18 pounds, something like that, thereabouts. I can't complain too much about that. Um, of course, I'm going to fuck all that to hell this week with Christmas, but I've I've ran the past three days, so I'm, I'm trying to balance it all out. Anyway, you, you don't give a shit about my weight. Um, one more thing I'm going to do tonight. Um, I'll probably do the hot flip first and then um, do the do this when my kid's in bed, uh, kid's in bed for the night, which is like 8 o'clock or so. I'm finally planning on brewing my winter ale. I've had it. I've had the kit sitting there for ages, and just I, I kept forgetting about it. I kept getting busy with other stuff. I, I've been working nonstop on video work. I wake up, I have breakfast, I go run, I do video work. That's pretty much been me for the past three days for the most part. It, thankfully, I'm mostly caught up on things, but it, ugh, I, I, I need a break. I need a fucking break from it all. I just want to sit and drink and relax. And that's why I got the rum. The rum's going to help with that. But anyway, um yeah, so I'm going to going to do uh 
the winter ale and the Mr. Beer kit. And that, that may end up being the last, well, the last primary brew I do in a Mr. Beer. Because I, I do want to move on to, um, it's not, not, not necessarily more of the advanced uh, home brewing kits and such. But I want to move on to like the, the the glass carboy and stuff like that, it, and just mm, more professional, I guess. You know, it's the difference between doing a podcast via your laptop microphone and then speaking into a real condenser microphone like the C one that I'm talking into right now. It, it, they'll both work, but there's a certain level of professionalism between the two. Um, my friend L actually sent me this link on Google Plus yesterday or the day before, and I know everybody loves Google Plus, right? Uh, it's called Hopstop. Now, there was actually, if I remember correctly, there was a mass transit app that got bought out by Apple, and I was pissed because I loved using that on Android, and of course, Apple buys it, and uh, there goes the Android app. But this is not that. This is a basic beer search available at habd.as slash beer. Now, on the page, um, and the description's all on a, on a GitHub page, Hopstop is a beer-first mobile search app built using the Brunch with Chaplin skeleton boilerplate for brunch based on Chaplin architecture. I have no idea what the fuck any of that means, some of you programmer types and whatnot out there may have a better understanding of that than I do. I have no fucking clue. But check it out, habd.as slash beer. It's actually kind of cool because you just type in a beer that you're searching for, and if it's in the database, it'll come up. Um, it's it's not pretty. Um, it's pulling its info, it looks like, from different aggregate sources because it looked like um, untapped stuff was coming up and things like that. It's an interesting project, and I'm going to keep an eye on it just to see kind of what they do. I think they're going to have to change the name eventually because, you know, Apple being all Sue happy and everything. And this, I actually saw this, um, it might have been, it might have been on Twitter, it might have been on one of the beer sites I go on frequently. But a few of us were complaining on Twitter about this to Wells Brewing, in fact, and coincidentally, I just found out. Wells and Young's Sticky Toffee Pudding is now available officially in North America. If I had an applause break, I'd hit it, but I don't, so fuck that. It's 5% alcohol by volume. It's based on the beloved British dessert of Sticky Toffee Pudding. Wells and Young, you know that they have that uh, that wonderful banana bread beer, and if this, if they can pull off the Sticky Toffee Pudding as well as they did the banana bread beer... This will be really, 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 really good. I'm very excited for this one. I'm keeping an eye out for it. I don't know exactly how they're going to have it packed, whether it's going to be only in the... I don't even know what size bottles those are, but like the the, the banana bread beer has those larger bottles, but then I I know... Well, actually, I, don't, I can't remember now if the banana bread beer comes in those four packs of smaller bottles or if that's just the chocolate stout, the double chocolate stout that does that I, but yeah, keep an eye out for it um, sticky toffee pudding Wells and Young uh, that is what I'm keeping my eyes peeled for because the moment I see it I'm picking some up and watch it's going to suck and I'll be very disappointed who knows and um, 
One 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 last uh, little thingy here. Um, let's see. Actually, no, I don't have one last little thingy. Never mind. Um, this actually might be a story that's more apt for hippo juice, but uh, I don't have the Florida sounder, so I'll just say Florida man tries to barter live alligator for beer. Uh, this is pretty not brilliant, I'd say. Uh, this is from the drinksbusiness.com. Man tries to barter live alligator for beer. A man from Florida faces a $500 fine and up to six months in jail after attempting to trade a live four-foot alligator for a case of beer. Only a case. What the hell's wrong with this guy? Uh, Fernando Aguilera faces three charges for possessing, illegally taking, and then attempting to sell the animal in a Miami convenience store where employees called the police. According to reports, Aguilera tied up the alligator before walking into the Santa Ana market where he was a regular customer and trying to convince staff to exchange the reptile for 12 beers. Yeah, how the hell do you explain that to your boss? Wait, your register's short. Uh, yeah, but boss, we got this, uh, we got this here alligator. What the fuck am I gonna do with an alligator? And so on. Uh, I've never experienced anything like this in 25 years in law enforcement, said Jorge Pino, a spokesman for the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. You're not allowed to touch, harass, feed alligators in any way, shape, or form. Aguilera is understood to have trapped the alligator in a nearby park. Pino confirmed that it ha- confirmed. Pino confirmed that it had appeared unharmed by its ordeal and has since been released. Uh, although the reptiles are not classified as endangered species, but I don't capture them and don't sell them for beer. Blah 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 blah. Only a case. Come on. And it was probably a case of shitty beer too. Come on, dude. Think ahead. Think ahead. Or you know, I don't know. Maybe have money for your alcohol habit and don't capture alligators for it. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I know in previous weeks I have mentioned how uh, German brewers are trying to get the Reinheitsgebot or the German beer purity law recognized um, by the um, what is it? The United Nations UNESCO, I don't remember, I can't remember what it stands for, but science, education, blah, blah, blah. Basically, it's for cultural recognition. Like, the the flamenco is recognized by UNESCO and stuff like that. So, initially you think it's a great idea. German brewers are all for it. It's part of their heritage. It's 500-year-old German beer law, and, you know, you want to preserve that heritage. Um, And, and the, that law... From 1516, it says beer should only include three ingredients, hops, barley, and water. Pretty simple there. Now, you you don't have to, you know, um, adhere to that law. But if you do, you can say, hey, this beer, this beer is valid by the Reinheitsgebot. Um, I know, um, what was it? I think Cricket Hill Brewing here was uh, pretty pretty solid with their beers here like that uh, until they finally did like a pumpkin seasonal. Was it Cricket Hill or was it? Uh, yeah, it was Cricket Hill. I think. Um, it was either that or another local beer. I'm trying to remember now. Oof, memories shit lately. Anyway, apparently some German brewers, and this is uh, from an article from NPR, they dismissed the attempt to gain UNESCO recognition as arrogance. Eh? I I just see it as, 
hey, look, this has been around for a long time. It's part of our heritage. Let's get some official recognition. That's the way I see it. And they continue, they say the purity law is from a bygone era and that Germany can compete in the world beer market without it. The thing with this is, they're not, by by getting UNESCO recognition for the Reinheitsgebot, nobody's saying that you have to brew your beer in Germany by the Reinheitsgebot. It's an old law that not everybody in Germany follows when brewing beer. It's a matter of pride if you do, but it's not required anymore. (sighs) <sighs> so let's see um, yeah initially the law was aimed at preventing crops used to make bread from being squandered on brewing but over time it became synonymous with high quality German beer um, yeah currently some 5,000 different beers carry its seal many brewers today still make beer that would pass muster under the law though penalties for breaking it are long gone like I said it's a quote law that's not illegal to break anymore it's a matter of pride, a matter of heritage. So, um, these German brewers that are, you know, pissed off about this. One opponent of the Reinheitsgebot is Johannes Heidenpeter. He brews ales without following the purity law, that's fine, and sells them to patrons at an indoor market in Berlin's popular Kutzberg neighborhood. In a basement underneath the market, Heidenpeter removes several barrels of his brews from a storage locker for the many customers he's expecting later in the day. He first began brewing beer four years ago in his home kitchen, but for the past year he's produced 300 gallons on average per week in the marketplace basement. Haydn Peter claims that limiting his brewing to the centuries-old law restricts creativity. He says, why shouldn't I include coriander or berries if they improve the taste? Nobody's stopping you from doing it! This is, an, this is another example of somebody somebody doesn't like the way somebody else is doing it and wants to piss on their parade. What does it hurt this German brewer if the Reinheitsgebot gets UNESCO recognition? It will not stop him from including coriander or berries. He's not suddenly going to be, you know, dragged down to the village square and, you know, given lashes on the back or what. I mean, this guy's an idiot. Uh, plenty of countries with brewing traditions as old as Germany's produce high-quality beer, he adds, without the purity law. And there's been no debate about that. It's a matter of cultural pride. Simple as that. The Reinheitsgebot is history, it's beer history, and it happens to be German beer history. Why not recognize it? It's not stopping you from making different beers that do not follow the Reinheitsgebot. I will never understand these people that have to get all fucking pissy with something. Of course, pot, kettle, me. (laughs) Getting all pissy with something that really doesn't affect them. The Reinheitsgebot doesn't affect this guy's beer brewing. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Of course, I don't know why I'm getting all pissy about it. I don't know. Maybe people annoying me does affect me. So in that way, I'm perfectly justified in getting pissy over this guy. Um, let's see I'm keeping an eye on my time because like I said I'm pre-recording this but the second hour of the show I do have some stuff ready to go for that so before I hit the break at the end of hour number one 
I will be getting into the, uh, and there's only a few new beer releases and reveals. I actually only got three of them here. Very, very minor. But hour number two, I got uh, got some fun stuff going on for you. Uh, I am almost positive someone sent this to me, and I apologize because I really don't remember who did it. Um, but this is the six life stages of being hungover. And I thought this was kind of interesting. It, the name of the blog, it's Armstageddon out of here. Uh, it makes sense because the guy's name is Jonathan Armstead, so we can uh, we can try and forgive that a little bit. But he's basically talking about how when you get a hangover, it, well, as you get older, the hangovers get worse. Remember drinking as a teenager? You you were you were able to brush off that hangover a lot better than you would, you know, in your mid twenties, mid thirties. Anybody older listening, mid forties. Um. I mean, I remember I would be out drinking all night when I was like 18. And one one fine example I remember was out drinking all night. And then the next day I had to work with the video production company I was at. Basically just manning a booth at a bridal show. Now, bridal shows are annoying at the best of times. But when you're head poundingly hungover and nauseous it's really not fun but I dealt with I was 18 I was able to shrug it off I try and do that now I'm gonna be half dead so he begins here with stage one being the freshman the average American starts drinking in their teenage years just as I said he says I have no evidence to support that but when uh but that's when everyone I know started, so be quiet and listen to me. At this time in your life, uh, drinking is new and exciting. Besides getting a DUI, getting pregnant, or ruining your life, there aren't really any consequences. And that's true. I mean, that's that's the best time to drink because... What, what can we... I'm trying to remember. I think It might have been Doug Stanhope where he was saying, you know, drink, do drugs and everything when, when you're that age because what are you going to fuck up so badly that you can't bounce back from it? You're going to fail a test? <laughs> Boo-hoo. You know, um, the hangover is almost non-existent. Of course, there's a chance of not feeling too well in the morning, but that's not necessarily a hangover as much as it is the fact that you shouldn't mix four locos with bagel bites. You shouldn't mix four locos with anything. I digress. During the stage, you can drink all night and then wake up and go play tennis or even wee tennis without breaking a sweat. Alcohol is like Gatorade to these kids. If you're currently in this stage, please enjoy it and know that your days are numbered. Yeah, if I knew what was coming... Later, I probably would have drank a lot more in my early 20s. Uh, Stage two, the amateur. This is the stage where hangovers first really set in. I'd say it kicks in on the average age of 19 or 20. All of a sudden, you're starting to not feel too great in the morning after going out. You wake up, and instead of cartwheeling out of bed like you did a year or two ago, you just kind of stare at the ceiling for a while, thinking about your life and the choices you've made. Ugh, Describes me every morning. This only lasts for a few hours, though, and before you know it, you're back in action, shotgunning Jägermeister and beer-bonging Goldschlager. Oh, God. That makes me feel sick. This is the last stage where people laugh about their hangovers. It's kind of just like, oh, man, I don't feel 100%, but I'll be fine after I eat this grape. I can't wait to do the exact same thing tonight. 
then you go throw a frisbee around or climb a mountain or something, depending on where you live, obviously. If you're currently in this stage, brace yourself. The storm is coming. Stage three, the novice. Ironically, when people turn 21, something usually happens where their hangovers start becoming an issue. They're no longer spending Sundays outside laughing and frolicking or laughing while frolicking and have moved their activities indoors and always within an arm's reach of a large glass of water mixed with emergency. All of a sudden, you're an indoor cat and you'd rather sit in the dark doing a puzzle than deal with that unyielding ball of light we call the sun. Welcome to the party. Hangovers are now always associated with a headache, Netflix, and a Snuggie. That doesn't sound like a bad Sunday afternoon, except it feels like Hulk Hogan punched you in the temple. At this stage, you're thinking, what's happening to me? Am I dying? Is this it? Sweet Lord. Well, shut up. It's about to get real. Stage four, the day after tomorrow. The author here, the um, aforementioned Jonathan Armstead, said this is the stage that he is currently in. And he says, I'll admit, it kind of sneaks up on you. You wake up one morning hungover, but you're not surprised. It's the norm now. The night before, you had four cocktails before you remembered you hadn't eaten anything all day except that lean pocket you had for lunch. Classic mistake. You finished the night strong with your usual amount of beverages, though, and you polished it off with some misguided fast food at 2 a.m. But then you wake up on Monday, and you're still hungover. What is this hell? You scream to the gods. Why have you forsaken me? But your cry falls on deaf ears because this is all on you. You aren't a young chap anymore. You're kind of an adult now. That's right. Your hangovers can now last two days. If you're really lucky, you'll even get sick too. See, now that you're not a specimen of youth anymore, alcohol starts to tear down your immune system like a bunch of East Germans taking down the Berlin Wall. You'll find that drinking on Sundays or Sunday fun days, as they are commonly known, nobody calls them that, will delay your hangover and it seems like the smart thing to do, but chances are you have a job now and it's not advisable for your coworkers to smell how your weekend was on Monday morning. Ah, image right beneath it, it's a uh, woman kind of holding up her hand to a guy saying, cut the shit, Larry, I know Jim Beam doesn't make cologne. Fuck you. And stage five. Is this the last stage? Nope, this is not the last stage. Oof. Stage five, the dear God, what have I done? This stage is about as bad as it gets, and I hear it can begin as early as your late 20s or early 30s, depending on genetics. <sighs> That's probably where I'm at. Two-day hangovers are a breeze compared to these week-long dehydration spells. You wake up and feel like you've been wandering through the Sahara for days without water. These usually occur once you've settled into being a fairly responsible adult, and all of a sudden you're put in a position where you feel the need to drink like you did back when you were 19. Hello, my birthday. This most commonly happens when you're around old high school or college friends, and the conversations go something like this. Friend, remember when we used to finish off a whole handle of vodka between us in one night? <laughs> yeah, those were the days. We were quite the rapscallions. But those days are long gone, Sam. I have a fiancé now, and life insurance. Yeah, but come on, how often do we get to see one another? Besides every other weekend when someone gets married. You know what? You're right. Let's do it. I would imagine that this is the stage the characters in The Hangover are in. It's probably fun at the time, especially because you've never had this much money in your bank account while being this drunk. But then you wake up feeling like Happy Gilmore, who just got hit by a Volkswagen. And then stage six, The Grim Reaper. This stage is where you're so hungover that you die from it. It usually happens once, and I've heard it really really sucks. That was the six life stages of being hungover from Jonathan Armstead. I will probably post this on the Facebook group. I think it was amusing because I I think it's true. Um, 
thankfully, I usually don't drink enough at one time to get hungover these days. Maybe my body's just kind of used to it. You know, I've, I've trained my liver well. So, but I think it holds true. I think it holds true very much so. You know what? Speaking of hangovers, um, I think I'll, I'll, you know, I can do this before I get into the, uh, the releases and reveals for the week. Because this may actually come in handy for some of you holiday listeners. Because I know very often dealing with family at the holidays is, well, there's a lot of self-medicating going on in terms of booze. And you need it. You you can't avoid the drink because otherwise you will go crazy and possibly kill a family member. And that makes for very awkward holidays from there on. So these are... 11 supposedly awesome hangover cures. Um, Now, of course, the best hangover cure is to not get a hangover at all. Keep yourself hydrated, blah, blah, blah. I've always professed that on this show, but this is in the event that you do get hungover. Number 11 on here is ginger. It's an all-purpose digestive aid. You can eat it with sushi, drink some ginger tea, or mix ginger juice with water for a nausea-reducing elixir that'll balance your gastric fluids and calm your system. This powerful antioxidant and anticoagulant can work wonders, but don't consume fresh ginger on an empty stomach. Mix it up with something else. I would also assume that um, some ginger ale may fit the bill there, too. Um... I know, you know, being nauseous, ginger ale always helps. Uh, If you're from Michigan, get some burners. Fucking good. Number 10, honey. Honey is a great antioxidant loaded with fructose and glucose in Poland. People mix honey in pickle juice uh, for a hydrating, salty, hangover recovery treat. If the idea of honey pickle juice sounds foul to you, just take a couple tablespoons of the magic bee sauce. Enjoy the fresh coat of healing goodness. I'll admit I'd, I'd try the honey with the pickle juice because I, you know, I had my whiskey in a pickle back and that seemed to work. So. Uh, number nine, prickly pear. Uh, for desert drunks, the prickly pear is a solid morning option that'll help take the edge off the hurt. The extract from the prickly pear cactus can help reduce nausea, loss of appetite, and dry mouth. You can find prickly pear extract in a bunch of different dietary supplements. Uh, I would assume, I'm almost positive there are some prickly pear juices out there too that would probably work. Uh, Number eight, eggs. Eggs have cysteine in them. Cysteine is an awesome amino acid that breaks down, um, I always have problems with this word, acetaldehyde, a toxin that's a byproduct of the oxidation of ethanol. I know I've mentioned that before. uh, Not going to work here anymore. Causes hangovers and eggs break down the... Blah, 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 blah. So get over the fact that you don't want breakfast and scramble that hangover out of your system. I cannot necessarily attest to the successfulness of this, but I very often have eggs for breakfast. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm cutting potential hangovers off, you know, at the source. Mm. Uh, number seven, Coca-Cola. Uh, some say Coca-Cola was originally invented as a hangover cure, but uh, whether you've eaten a big meal or you need to turn down the volume in your stomach, a cold Coke just feels good. And I know the uh, Coke syrup itself. They, I believe they used to sell that in pharmacies um, as a nausea reduction uh, solution. I'm kind of losing my words here. Uh, number six, I don't know about this. Greasy diner breakfast, whether you're pounding pancakes at IHOP, feasting on French toast at Norm's, or plowing through moons over my hammy at Denny's, 
Greasy ass diner food will help your booze coated belly correct itself. Greasy food sticks to the stomach wall and will help slow down the process of alcohol absorption. That's not to say you won't feel like trash afterward, but it'll be a different kind of trash, a much more manageable form of discomfort. If you have the chance to close the night out with some greasy food, that's solid hangover prevention method. But if you miss the prevention window, reach for some bacon in the morning. See, my problem is, like, I can understand in terms of prevention, if I am already hungover, I think, like, they, they show, I think it's a Moons Over Miami they have in the picture here. That's the last thing I'm going to want to eat, because that, just you know, something heavy like that, ugh, no. This is a good, easy idea that I think any of us could do. Gatorade and a banana has to do with the electrolytes. So when you're recovering from a night of drunken excess, you're bound to end up dehydrated. Drinking lots of water helps, yes, but a steady stream of electrolytes will hydrate you more quickly. Your hungover body also needs an influx of vitamin B and potassium uh, because drinking alcohol drains your levels of vitamins B6 and B12. Bananas will calm your gut hurt and expedite the metabolism of the alcohol. Um, this one I find curious. Number four, a Bloody Mary. Um, more booze can actually help you right the ship. A nice breakfast cocktail like a Bloody Mary can serve the dual purpose of a breakfast and hangover remedy. It's a great option if food consumption is totally out of the question, and the tomato juice will help you metabolize alcohol more quickly. Um, I guess that is what they call uh, a bit of the, uh, a bit of hair of the dog or whatever. Hair of the dog that bit you? Is that it? Yeah? Something like that? Uh, number three, and I, I think I'm pronouncing it right. Is it, is it faux? It's at uh, the, the Vietnamese rice noodles with broth and beef or tripe and chicken. It will hydrate you and fill your gut with a nice layer of nutrition, exfoliation, and toxin-fighting spices. Don't go too crazy with the hot sauce, though. Under normal circumstances, unreasonable amounts of sriracha in your pho would be a great idea. But when you're dealing with a tender tummy, you got to keep it mellow. Add some lime, basil, and sweet hoisin sauce, cilantro, onions, and bean sprouts. Go to town with a soup spoon and chopsticks in hand. Uh, number two, pad thai. Uh, more rice noodles, uh, tender helping of noodles, eggs, tamarind juice, and some light protein like shrimp, chicken, or tofu. Uh, apparently, pad thai will, um, you know, help the hangover. Uh, the only pad thai I see is usually the over-sodiumed boxed shit in uh, Walmart, so I'm probably not going to get to try that. And then for uh, for some of you uh, of the Jewish persuasion out there, number one, matzo ball soup. Uh, The medicinal healing powers of the matzo ball have been well documented throughout history. Known as Jewish penicillin, matzo ball soup can kill a hangover, eliminate pink eye, and in some cases even cure cancer. Embrace the power of the matzo. It's the most comfortable comfort food ever invented. Not a fan of matzo ball, but that's me. Um, They had some honorable mentions on here. They got borscht. I'm sure that uh, Dennis has probably had borscht at some point. Uh, Tom Yum Soup. I have no idea what that is. Menudo. I only know that Ricky Martin was a Menudo. And Heijang Guk, which, I don't know, there's too many consonants in that word. Um, just seen in the comments. And this, it, this is an older post, too. It's like a few years ago, but, you know, it holds true. Um, somebody's saying miso soup works well. Me, I find egg drop soup helps me. Um, Nice and easy on my stomach, and it, it fills me up. Um, so, yeah, okay, with that, I am going to get into the uh, new beer releases and reveals, and then I'll kind of prime you for what's coming up after the break. So, Ninkasi Brewing, Dawn of the Red. The label's a nod to Dawn of the Dead. So, this, I think this seems like a bottle that uh, 
punchy might be into. It's a 7% alcohol by volume India Red Ale. It's both hoppy and fruity. They're releasing it in 22-ounce bottles and also in Ninkasi's 22-ounce variety four-pack and on draft starting next month. Then we got Stone's Enjoy Buy releasing in the East. It's the Stone Enjoy Buy February 14, 2014 IPA. It's on its way to Connecticut, Delaware, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Virginia. It's hitting in early February just in time to, quote, drink by. And then finally, this is one that I would love to find. New Holland Blue Sunday Sour returns. It was originally released in 2007. The next release is coming up January 12th. It's an American wild ale. You know, that's one of my favorites. It's a blend of various wine barrel aged sours. And then right before bottling, it's topped off with fresh beer. So you get basic beer mixed with those sours. It's an 8.5% alcohol by volume. It's going to be in 22 ounce bombers. Like I said, it's coming up January 12th. So keep your eye out for that. I know I get New Holland out here, but will I find it? That's a damn good question. So coming up after the break. Well, I'll just say this. A little bit of best of. Alcohol by Cheers. volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey, hey. It's the name of the show. Hey. More like radio, less like crap. Hello, listeners. Stop packing your winter parka and camping gear to wait in week-long lines for door-busting deals. Amazon.com will be providing the best discounts everywhere this holiday season, including Black Friday deals other stores are planning. These limited supply deals will go quickly, but you have a trick others don't. You don't even have to search. Just click on the More Like Radio Amazon link as you listen to our shows, so you can skip the long lines and still save a bundle as you continue to sit on your ass. Be a hero this Christmas. Click the More Like Radio Amazon banner and save time and money. Listen to Unsigned Hype every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on MoreLikeRadio.com. It's hosted by Sir Darkside, a.k.a. at Darkside Rules on Twitter. Check out the show for dope interviews, exclusive releases from artists such as Brother Ali, Mally, Kelly Mays, Lex Leosis, MOA, and Aesop Rock. It doesn't get better than this every Tuesday night on MoreLikeRadio.com. It's the unsigned hype. Unsigned hype. Frontline, never knows glory. Zero dark dirty. Zero friends, minotaur, fugly. Stepchild, a boat lunch, jumped over plunging net lines. Up beside tongue-tied, hungry enzyme. Devolved in a mothman, munching textiles. Wednesday night at 11 p.m., tune into More Like Radio for two hours of wrestling talk on Markout Radio. With Dark Fox and Friends. Fistful of assholes! Excuse me? Fistful of assholes? Really? You want me to say that? Just do the bit. <sighs> Alright, you're such a diva now that you have your own show. With guest host Punchy, Greenway, and whoever else shows up on Skype. Or in Fox's creepy basement studio. The smell of cum and beer doesn't make it creepy. Maybe not, but the fleshlight does. Listen, I have a healthy sexual appetite. Thank you very much. What are the anal beads for? Can you just do the bit? Ugh, fine. Jesus, and you wonder why people get Marianne through the audio bits. Markout Radio live every Wednesday night from 11 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. This is it, the apocalypse. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? 
We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you <laughs> relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh my god. God, what are you I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I, I hope you end your life. Now, <laughs> get <off the> mic- <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. Wait, why is that guy gargling? This is your morning wake-up call. Get up. It's how I get my morning started. They're my morning show. All right, here's a little inside info. They're not even real listeners. These are staged people, and you hear the same thing across the entire country. And that's why Hammy, Hammy, the true American, is going to serve his country and expose these hack shows for what they are. Only on Brain Stew Radio. Friday nights, 8 to 10 on MoreLikeRadio.com. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on MoreLikeRadio.com. Are you a fan of comics? What about obscure movies and TV shows? Well then, you are in luck because every Friday at Nerd Hour is here to talk about those completely and utterly awesome things. So join Punchy, Ariel, and now Cornax as we talk the things that people claim prevent you from getting laid, but are balls anyway. The Nerd Hour, every Friday night from 11pm to 1am, only on More Like Radio. Spoon! Recently on The Conti and Kenny Show. Ah, you kidding? And I'm watching. They also put on the thing that Honey Boo Boo's like the whole computer just froze up. Oh really? Too much shit on here. Um, that's basically what she said. She's like, "Hey, Marquis, what's going on? I'll come back for round two. And the guy was like, uh, "He basically was like, you need to be quiet." And then asked her for her ID, and her ID was in her car. So he told her she was banned from the mall. For not having an ID. It's like, really, dude? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, the Adobe plugin has crashed. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) Everything just went right in the toilet. Holy shit. I gotta... That's the Flight 800 of Adobe players. (laughs) I gotta do the... uh... (laughs) The Flight 800 of the Adobe players. The Conti and Kenny Show. Talking bollocks for fuck knows how many years. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard, and their life is better than yours. Damn right, it's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. 
High Society Radio is now part of MoreLikeRadio.com. Who's all part of the More Like the uh, More Like Radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining there? Oh well, Hippo Juice—they're the the soul behind More right. Like Radio, and we're we're jumping on there. High Society Radio—that is. What other what other kind of shows are over there though? Oh, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster that's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's Ain't Social Gamer Radio. There's the Red Show. There's Daytime Divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No, you're fucking with a family. Yeah, a real family, a family of gangsters. Take the edge off. MoreLikeRadio.com. It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey, this is Will from Tattoos and Touchdowns. And Espo, as always. Check us out every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon exclusively on MoreLikeRadio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience, and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today. Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us at www.czwrestling.com. The Elvis and Alfred Show, Thursdays, morelikeradio.com, 5 to 7. I'm Elvis Cage. I'm Alfred. I'm Jameson. And on the phone? It's Bill. I'm phoning it in. Always phoning it in. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Halfpenny Pub in Sayville. That's right. Punk rock music. Independent music. And all the rest of the things that we speak about. Crazy party stuff. <laughs> Here on morelikeradio.com. And elvisandalfred.com, 24-7. Yeah! The Elvis and Alfred Show. Hi, this is Marianne from Lust and Love. Recently, we decided the show needed more dicks, so we found the manliest man we knew to fill the spot, Dark Fox. I know this is weird, but my boyfriend broke up with me because my dick is too short. He praised me about my skills and all, but this is a really good reason for a breakup? Because it's really hurting me until now. I can't seem to forget all the memories we had together. I know this can't be the reason, or maybe because he met another guy. I really cannot get over him because once he told me I love your dick whilst he was stroking it. That's the reason I will never let go. Lust in love, now gayer than ever. And that's saying a lot considering we used to have Hammy on the show. Listen live Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. A ton of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. MoreLikeRadio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. One of our topics was like beer nog, okay? Because we hate eggnog. And like at our family parties, everybody drinks eggnog Christmas, right? So what you do is you go to Max 7-Eleven, you get eggnog, and you empty it out like right in the tree, eh? And then you pour That'll beer help in it here. Grow. Okay, you got beer right in there, and then you get like a happy cup you can't see through. Pour it in that, walk around the party. You don't have to drink eggnog. Drink beer nog instead, okay? There it okay, is. Okay, another topic is this is beauty. Like uh, two years ago, we was working in brewers retail, eh? So, like, 
our owner, our boss, eh? He gave us like uh, uh, frozen butter balls for Christmas, eh? So like Hosehead here puts it in the trunk of the car and forgot about it, right? So like next summer, Dad was driving the car and goes, "Who died, eh?" So like goes in the trunk. I got one for you too. Take off. Uh, you never did. I do. Oh. Here it is. It's gone, eh? Merry Christmas, Hoser. Oh. Oh, Wait a minute. Same size. You think I know what it is? Beauty. Beauty! Smokes, smokes! Thanks, just what I wanted. Oh. Gee. Okay. Thanks a lot, eh? Beauty. Okay. Okay. So, uh. Oh, here's something to do with beers for oh, Christmas. Yeah. Make it nice, eh? Hold that. And, like, for tree decorations, oh, we're at a time, eh? Yeah, quick. Like, hang Show a smoke them about up. The smoke. Hang some smokes up on the trees. That was my idea. Take off. It was so. And like, uh. Listen, Hosehead. Give me credit. Oh, something. that's it. So, Good day. that's our topic. Merry Christmas. Good day. And welcome back to Alcohol by Volume. Christmas Eve. Yes, I am pre-recorded, but I did promise you what is coming up here in hour number two. It is going to be a selection of best ofs from the past year. Uh, yeah, I know I don't have a lot of material. I mean, I just started the show in January. So it's been almost a year, but got a few different segments from over the year. Um, one, one of my personal favorites was the aftermath of my birthday bowling with Western Echo, Punchy, and Hammy. Um, let's see what else I got. I know I have an example of Angry Kev in there somewhere. I believe I have when I was drinking my absinthe. And uh, I know I got at least a couple other things in there. So go ahead and enjoy these uh, selected moments from the past year of shows. I'll let, uh, I'll let Mitch kind of introduce this because you know why i really like his show so uh some of you know that my birthday was on well actually yesterday and on friday went out to do a little celebrating with uh some of the mlr crew it was me my wife hammy his wife uh dennis western echo and punchy we all went out bowling so having a good time there uh, punchy or, um, Hammy buys the first pitcher of beer and it's just Budweiser. It, it was cheap. Figured why not? I think they had, what they had Budweiser, Amstel, and I want to say like Bud Ice in pitchers. Otherwise I was going to be spending like four fifty a bottle for Sam Adams or Yingling and figured, ah, what the fuck? You know, it, it, it's beer at this point. We're just bowling. We're having a good time. So somehow or another, I, I, I got through that first pitcher pretty quickly so I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm buzzing and everything. We're, we're, we're playing some good bowling. Uh, it, for those of you that have seen basketball, there was a lot of that going on, just trying to psych everybody out as they're rolling the ball down the lane. There was, there was just some stellar, stellar psych outs from Hammy and, and a few really good ones from Dennis too. Hell, Punchy was in there with them too. And, uh, what we were we were kind of playing elimination so that whoever had the worst score in the first game was knocked out and i believe hammy's wife got knocked out in the first game second game my wife got knocked out in the third game well that was our last game and there's probably a good reason for that so 
as the evening progressed, I apparently continued to buy pitchers of beer. We were there for, I am guessing, maybe about, uh, I don't know, maybe about three hours or so. I know Dennis can probably um, <laughs> confirm or deny the timetable on this because it it gets blurry at the end, extremely blurry. But we were there for about three hours, and within that three hours, I consumed about three pitchers of Budweiser, pretty much. Punchy said on It's All About Me, he thought it was about a pitcher and a half, but no, it it was it was about it was about uh three pitchers. Okay, and Dennis said uh Punchy and him were there from eight to eleven ish. So okay, so I I was I was drinking for probably thereabouts four hours. Um and contrary to what Punchy had said on the other show, I wasn't even pre gaming. I had I had um what did I eat in that day? Oh yeah, okay. I had not eaten much. I had had a little bit for breakfast, a little bit for lunch. We had Chipotle for dinner, which um, the remnants of which are, well, were sitting in the Alexis Diner parking lot, I'm assuming. But, oh, poor Dennis. He can't Skype in for this. He wants to. <laughs> Sorry, Dennis. Um, so... Apparently, as as I was drinking and as the bowling progressed further, I apparently became this super bowler. I, I was hitting strikes and spares and everything. Hammy couldn't fucking believe it, even with all the psych outs. And even within up to that third game, apparently I was still knocking out spares. I only know this because I saw uh, some chat history in uh, the WhatsApp app. Shit that I honestly don't remember typing. Um, in fact, let me see. Let me see. I, I think I have the image saved on my phone because I know um, Mitch brought it up, so I probably have it saved in my gallery from WhatsApp. And I'll, I'll see if I can uh, see if I can decipher what the fuck I was saying. Uh, WhatsApp images. Here we go. I don't know what that is, but it looks delicious. Um. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Uh, Punchy is totally oshiking me out. So I think I was trying to type psyching. Uh, and I'm so miha drunker than anyone reouses, which is just oriusive. Fuck whoa. I'm gonna get the layer. I don't know what that means. Spare, maybe? I don't know. Uh, do glad my wife is XRT. And apparently that meant driving. Uh, holy hit bangerang. My phone E only bad 26 leafy, but I toast hit a P spare. I don't remember a fucking bit of that typing, and I should probably thank SwiftKey for uh, keeping the autocorrect working as much as it fucking did there. But anyway, um, I honestly do not remember the end of that third game of bowling. And uh, maybe Dennis can enlighten me uh, if, if I did actually end up with the the, uh, the worst score in that. I think, I, I have a feeling it was probably between me and Punchy. I'm not sure. And it was probably me, but I'm not sure. So most of the rest of this, as it occurred, was dictated to me by my wife. Uh, we were getting ready to leave. Uh, I was trying to take my shoes, my bowling shoes off, apparently, and uh, almost fell on my ass. 
Um, oh, damn. Okay, Dennis said me, me and Punchy were number two and three in that game behind Hammy. So, okay, see, I, I, I was saying how it's like Legend of Drunken Master. I am Legend of Drunken Bowler. Apparently, when I'm completely blitzed, I bowl better. Don't understand it. But anyway, I was trying to take my bowling shoes off, apparently. Thankfully, they were Velcro. Uh, I suppose... I believe my wife said she had to help me help me take the second shoe off. And somehow I slipped on my regular shoes, got out to the parking lot, and then we were all going to go to a diner afterwards. So my thankfully my wife was driving. Uh we drove to the diner and from what I've been told, I was kind of sitting hunched over in the passenger seat and then leaning out the door of the car, and I was doing that kind of breathy, uh, just wait a second, uh, just wait a second, just wait a second. And I I gathered that was probably about the point that I horked up a lot of the beer and a lot of the chipotle because my wife said she was seeing whole red peppers coming out. So that was probably a bit of a calorie negative a day. Um, cause I think I actually ran earlier that day. <laughs> um, and one thing my wife mentioned was that the vomit did not actually smell like vomit. It still smelled like beer. So that probably tells you how much of it there was in my system. At that point, I believe, uh, Dennis had some water bottles in his car. I think I actually still have one in my car right now. I had some tissues you know, trying to trying to get me kind of cleaned up and stuff. And at that point, my wife was just going to take me home. No, no sense in bringing me into the diner. I wasn't going to you know be able to eat anything anyway, which is a fucking bummer. Because how often do I get to have disco fries anymore? Ugh. But anyway, um, my wife then decided that maybe she'd better be safe than sorry, and decided to take me to the local emergency room. Dennis in the chat says, who knew drinking Budweiser is the new weight loss regimen? <laughs> well, okay. And the funny thing about this, well, funny, I don't know. I, 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 I could say I almost died, but it's probably a little bit too dramatic. Um, so she takes me to the ER, um, drops me off at the door, which of course reminds me of that Brian Regan joke about how uh, a hospital not having valet parking is a huge oversight. You know, you, know, you go in, tell them you're shot, ask them if they validate, and you know, shit like that. So apparently a, a male orderly had to assist me out of the car, uh, believe into a wheelchair, because I wasn't walking anywhere and he wasn't going to carry my ass. And I apparently, at the time, was rather upset with my wife I remember some flashes of this where I'm kind of hunched over and saying, don't make me do this, don't make me do this, don't make me do this, don't make me do this. I don't fucking know. But apparently, once I was with the orderly, I was very cool with the guy. I was very polite, you know, just like, oh, thanks, man, and all that kind of shit. I'm thinking that deep down subconsciously, even when I'm completely plastered, blackout drunk, I still realize that it's important to be nice to the people who provide a service for you. So I am not a belligerent drunk. I, I have a feeling that if I was to get arrested by cops for a drunken disorderly, uh, 
I would just go, I'd be like, yep, yeah, I'm sorry. You guys got me. You got me. Yeah, let, let me get in the car. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sorry. You, uh, you, uh, let me put my hands behind my back. You guys got to cuff me first. I'm sorry. And, and that's probably what would happen to me. And, oh, God damn it. How, how, is that, how is that gay, Dennis? That's, that's just drunken whining. <laughs> oh, wait, you're saying that the male orderly. I don't even remember what the dude looked like. I think I was just, I, I was just being nice because he was providing me the service of wheeling me into the hospital so I didn't die. <laughs> um, but to, to break off from me going into the ER at this point while my wife is parking, I don't know if you guys remember that article last week that I covered. I become my own news story here with certain beer brands being tied to ER visits. Oh, look, I had fucking Budweiser. I end up in the ER. Son of a bitch. <sighs> and no, Dennis, there was no other orderly that provided me another service as I was passed out late at night in the hospital. And believe me, it was a mess there. They had, like, I think they had like one doctor on call there. But anyway, they, they wheel me in. I guess they, I don't know, they put the bracelet and all that shit on me. My wife's filling out the paperwork. Um, the, the first thing I really, really remember being there is sitting up in the hospital bed, puking up. And it, I think at this point it was mostly just kind of bile. I know, this, this is delightful, isn't it? Uh, th- then again, some of the shit talk we've had on other shows, this is mild. Um, puking into one of those just like blue puke bags. And, uh, from that point, I don't, I don't remember puking after that. And I was just kind of laying there in the bed, alternately sweating and freezing my ass off. Uh, you know, TV going, I don't know what fucking shitty show was going on there. At one point I, the nausea had somewhat passed enough and I had my, uh, 3DS there. So I just started playing Animal Crossing. So Marianne and Ashley would be proud. Uh, I figured, oh man, I gotta water my flowers. And again, out of all my listeners, Marianne and Ashley are probably the only ones who will understand that. Um, and you know, I had an IV in my hand. My the, half of my hand is all fucking bruised up from the IV from them, you know, hydrating me back up. Didn't have to have my stomach pumped miraculously uh, because that would have just made things a whole fuck of a lot worse. Um, so let's see, we got there, like Dennis said, we were at the, um, (laughs) Dennis is right. There was nothing left to pump at that point. Yeah. I, going by what Dennis and my wife say, they, uh, I was just spewing all over the place and, and in, in a moment of, you know, non, non joking honesty here. I have to thank Dennis for actually being genuinely concerned and helpful. And I know my wife appreciated it too. Um, <laughs> because my wife was freaked the fuck out. That's that's the second time she's ever seen me puke after drinking. And the first time it happened, and I, I want to say I've told this story on the show before. This, this is a quick one. Wasn't blackout drunk. We were at her cousin's wedding and stupid me, I was mixing beers and white Russians and champagne and everything else. And I was just drinking the entire night. Uh, you know, a lot of hard liquor. 
and her parents were driving us back to their house so we could pick up our car. My wife was going to drive us home. And I'm sitting there in the back seat, rocking back and forth, just trying not to concentrate on how nauseous I'm feeling. I get out of the car, give my wife that, oh, hold on, wait a second, wait a second, and then just let everything up in the corner of the driveway, thankfully nearest the street. Uh, I, I seem to remember it had a kind of a creamy appearance, so that might have been the white Russians there. But I was not blacked out at that point. This time, I was fucking just, I was, I have never blacked out like this before. So I, tonight is actually the first time I've had a drink since that night. And you guys know me, I like to drink on the weekends and I was not fucking touching it. So we got out of the bowling alley around 11-ish, probably got to the hospital, I would say, by about midnight and got out of the hospital maybe by about, it was around 5 a.m. or so, got home and uh, went to sleep for a little bit. Thankfully, 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 my son was at my um, in-law's house. They were watching him for the night because we were going to be out bowling late. Anyway, and um, so went home, went to sleep for maybe about four or five hours, and then you know, my wife picked up our kid and everything, and I was just trying to get myself rehydrated again with juice, you know, eating a little bit of dry toast, Um and amazingly, amazingly, I was really perfectly fine by the end of the night. Shame of it was that I had scheduled a massage for myself, and no, not a happy ending massage, just a regular 60-minute Swedish massage. I enjoy them. They're, they're very stress-relieving for me, and it's really the only time I can ever fucking relax anymore with my goddamn job. And maybe I'll rant about that a little bit later. Um... But I had to reschedule that, which was kind of a bummer. We just told them, ah, yeah, we were at the hospital until five last night because of a a medical emergency. Yeah, just kind of kept it a little bit vague like that. Um, so rescheduled it for this Friday, so I'll be happy with that. And um, by Sunday, went out to went out to eat for dinner at Chevy's out here. Had a coupon for my birthday for a free entree. Blah blah blah. And I think uh, was I think. Sir Darkside, I believe, works at a Chevy's. So he he may know the appeal of the chips and salsa there, which are fucking phenomenal. But I was uh, totally good. Didn't eat as much as I normally would, which I think is good. I think the massive purging of my stomach may have tapered off my voracious appetite that I've had lately. Like, even even tonight before the show, like my wife normally knows that you know I'll I'll drink and drink and drink during the show, and afterwards I'll have the drunken munchies and oh shit I just saw Dennis going log on Skype now I'm fucked, uh, <laughs> um, but she knows I get the drunken munchies and she's like so what do you want after the show I'm like no 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 I I don't need anything tonight she's like no Taco Bell White Castle I'm like no I'm I'm good I'm good maybe I'll have a little bit of ice cream and that's it so. That that was Friday. Alcohol by volume! This is the story that has drawn my ire. High school biology class project has parents bitching and moaning, or as 9news.com has decided to give a sensationalist headline, high school beer brewing class draws concern. Fucking journalists that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Let me cue this up here. Craft brewers will tell you it's an art. There are even college degree programs on brewing. A way to talk, lady. Yeah, yeah. I think you've been tossing a few back yourself. 
drinking beer. However, when it's a biology high school class, it raises questions about possession of alcohol and underage kids. Again, it's a biology class. Fermentation is a biological process. Dave Delosier found some parents of students at Ralston High who say it's in conflict with underage drinking awareness. She loves experiments. Okay, this is going to be getting into a parent that just pisses me off. Now, you remember that middle school kid? He did a brewing science project. I think he was in like sixth grade or something. And that brewing science project is going into space to see if they can brew beer in space. And I was surprised that no parents had complained about it. Well, this fucking makes up for it. And if you're listening to this on podcast or if you're listening with headphones, watch out. There there will probably be yelling at some point during this. And learning new things. But when their 15-year-old daughter, an honor student, came home with the new thing her class is learning, it got their attention. When I was cooking dinner the other night, my daughter um, brought me a paper saying, look at my next project. Um, it's on alcohol fermentation, and I think I stopped dead in my tracks. And- oh, God! Alcohol fermentation! Oh, God! The horror! Teaching a function of nature! Those fucking assholes! I'm gonna show them! I'm gonna ruin it for everybody else! I mean, if, if you can see this woman in the fucking... Oh, in the video. You know what? Let me see if I can get a screenshot here. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, let's save that to my public Dropbox so you can see what what a snooty cunt this woman looks like. Snooty cunt dot JPEG. Okay, let's go to Dropbox and let's go to public and look for snooty cunt dot JPEG. Uh, copy public link. And let's go into the chat. Image. Here is Snooty Cunt. Yeah, yeah. Helicopter Parent Supreme. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch addresses this perfectly. It's healthy to demonize something instead of addressing the issue head on. Oh, okay, back to the story. And said, it's on what? While they are too young to legally possess it, the honors biology class is learning the process necessary to brew beer. The project synopsis says it will focus on the ingredients, equipment, and process of brewing beer. But it also states, quote, in no way does this assignment promote the use of alcohol, but rather a deeper understanding of the anaerobic respiration, unquote. It just doesn't make sense for you to say to a student, these are the effects, this is what it can do to your body, to your mind, to your life, and then say, and in case you decide not to listen to our warnings, let's teach you how to brew it. The project also allows students the chance to earn 10 extra credit points. The students are offered extra credit for touring Coors Brewery in Golden. In a statement, the Jefferson County School District told Nine News, while we value the efforts our teachers make to inspire learning in our students, we will be reviewing the assignment in question. Meanwhile, any parent who feels this is not an appropriate activity can request an alternative assignment covering the same content, something this family is doing. We contacted the school and informed them that our daughter would not participate in this project. In Arvada, this is Dave Delosier, Nine News. Jeffco School says the alcohol fermentation project has been taught at Ralston Valley High School for the last eight years, and this is the first complaint they've received. We learned about this story from a news tip. If you have a story you think we should cover, call us or go to 9news.com and click on news tips. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Let me close this window so it doesn't kick back in again. <sighs> okay. So this program has been taught 
for the last eight years without any complaints. None. None whatsoever. No complaints. Uh, why are they suddenly popping up with complaints now? Ah. <laughs> yeah, Mitch says, it's obviously bad in the last eight years. Lots of children died, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, you only see this one parent in this news piece that they mistakenly titled Beer Brewing Class, which it's not, it's biology class. So, some overly sensitive parents have to ruin it for everyone else. Thankfully, they're not ruining it, but they wanted to. Because they don't trust their own precious little snowflakes with alcohol. So, from the article, uh, this cunty mother says they've informed the school their daughter won't be participating in the project as it relates to the brewing of beer. Late Monday afternoon, they were informed their daughter's project would focus on the process necessary to make diesel ethanol. Now, at least it didn't ruin it for everyone, but now this fucking whiny douche nozzle's daughter gets to be singled out. Which means her parents are probably going to, you know, with this kind of bullshit behavior, they're going to drive her to drink more than this project ever would have. Um, Dennis has a good point. When I, we, he, or I'm sorry, uh, Mitch, he said, when I have kids, I'm going to make them drink shitty, shitty, shitty vodka or something that not even I would drink that'll hold them off for a while at least. Yes! Okay, D Dennis hits it right there. Why be a parent when you can demonize everything you can't handle teaching your own child? I mean... I, I know George Carlin had a bit on this. I, I, I know his, his bit had to do with actually touching your child, you know, actually holding your child instead of putting him in a sling or something. But I know somebody else had something like this too, where... It, it, it might it might have been Louis C.K. even, where, you know, it, it, talk to your fucking kid. Just because you're too scared or too much of a fucking, okay, too much of a fucking moron to be able to handle things with your kid doesn't mean, first, you don't want to block them out from it all. And you don't want to rely on everybody else to do it for them. I mean, that's that's what happens when, you know, boys discover internet porn. <laughs> um, okay, okay, Mitch is right. You know, he'll say, you can have a drink here or there at home, but if I catch you drinking somewhere else, I'll rip your ears off. The way it was with me, my my mom realized I was drinking when I was a teenager, but she also said, you know what, if you're at a party... And you need a ride home for whatever reason, just give me a call. Simple as that. It, it was it was kind of an unspoken thing where, yeah, I know you're gonna do this. As long as you're safe, fine. You know, with this, I mean, you know, speaking of my parents, though, my my, my parents, you know, kind of you know religious types, and as a result, in I think it was middle school. It might have been. It was seventh or eighth grade. There was, you know, one of those sex ed classes, and you had to have the parents sign a waiver and everything to allow their kid to be in them. And my mom didn't want me in there, so of course I was the weird kid that was not allowed to do the sex ed class. And meanwhile, I still lost my virginity at fifteen, which probably had a lot to do with the sex ed class 
lack thereof. Um, but by singling out this kid, so she has to do a different project and everything, and doesn't doesn't get to be included in what everybody else is doing. These parents are just fucking over this kid. I mean, we know how brutal kids can be when they're different. I think a lot of us dealt with that bullshit. Oh my god, I'm I'm getting into getting into my inner demons here. Uh, when you're different in school, you're subject to a lot of bullshit. Um, oh god, no, no, Mitch, no. But I mean, th- this poor girl now has to do a completely different project, and everybody's going to know. Oh, you're do- you're doing the ethanol project. Oh, your mom complained about it. <laughs> Hopefully, this girl's resilient enough. Otherwise, eh, she'll be an alcoholic by the time she graduates high school because of her parents, not because of some biology class. And the the important thing about this class is this is actually a real world application of the knowledge. If if I had real world application of knowledge in classes that I took in high school, I might not have fucked off the past or the last two years of high school. By the time I was a senior in high school, I didn't give a shit. A lot of people are probably like that. I I, I showed up an hour late. Um, my my first my first like couple hours of class, it was like a radio and TV class where I, I was. It was like an independent study kind of thing. I had taken it. I had taken that class the previous three years. The teacher adored me, and one day when I was late, she gave me a detention slip just to feel like she was doing something teacherly. She knew I wasn't going to serve it. She just kind of wanted to go through the motions with it. Um, Where the fuck was I going with this? Okay, junior and senior year of high school. If if, If classes had actually taught stuff importantly the way... Let me rewind here. If classes that actually taught real world real world applications of things, even math classes, how to balance a fucking checkbook, never covered that. Never covered that in school. Never remember that. This is real world application, not necessarily what. Oh, see, now now I'm now I'm seeing the chat. I'm tempted to get to my phone here. I don't know why. Um. It's not necessarily real world application for everybody. You're not going to be homebrewing everybody, but there are beer companies. It's a business. You know, if somebody wants to get into marketing, maybe they want to market a beer company. Things like it, it, this is it's important real world application. When I was in high school, it was all learning from textbooks and ooh, let's grow a plant in these bio classes. Total bullshit. Nothing interesting. I had a few teachers that did real-world application of stuff. That's the stuff that stuck with me. The rest of it, fuck all. No idea. Now, the comments on this article are really good, too. Um, actually, I posted a reply. I just want to see if anybody said uh, anything in uh, reply to mine. Nah, nah. Oh, wait. Some, somebody liked mine. Uh, who liked it? Damn it. Mouse over. I want to see who liked it. God damn it. I don't know. Somebody liked it. Um, I'll start with the one that's up at top. This is actually a student from the high school 
that seems to articulate herself and express things better than the so-called journalist that actually did it. This is Rachel Carollo. She said, as a student at Ralston Valley High School, I can tell you right here, right now, that this assignment in no way influences students to drink alcohol. Yes, we learned about the process of alcoholic fermentation, but as it's a very complex process, for students to do it themselves would be ridiculous. Not to mention the extensive notes we took about how alcohol completely messes up your brain as it seeps in from the bloodstream and into the brain to impair judgment and reflexes. Well, I rather like that part of it. God damn it. Seeing video of that doesn't make you want to drink. It makes you want to throw up. Okay, I'm kind of glad I didn't see that in high school then. To the reporter at Nine News, as a journalist at Ralston Valley, an editor for the school newspaper, even I can say how disappointed I, I am in this story. I mean, beer brewing class, are you kidding me? Even though I'm a student, even I can tell you what horrible journalism this is based on the fact that there was only one interview with a parent and a statement from Jeffco, whatever the fuck that is, uh, principal maybe. Uh, did the journalist not think to ask a student or better yet one of the biology teachers? A good journalist is unbiased and looks at both sides of the story instead of blowing what little information they have completely out of proportion. <sighs> so young and innocent. Uh, it's nice when they're idealistic like that. Thank you for your time, and I hope I won't be disappointed by the lack of professionalism. A prestigious news station like Nine News exhibits again. So that was that was a long one. That was a a good good comment there. But then there are some other fantastic ones here, like uh, from Nick Kozell, and the award for helicopter parent of the year goes to this woman. Followed by a reply from Renee McArdle. Agreed, these parents are nightmares. Wonderful see her in the news again when her kid's college doesn't let her move into the dorm so she can keep her little baby safe. It's parents like this who are creating worthless adults who can't do anything on their own or make any decisions by themselves. I work at a college campus myself. I see this. I see the students that can't fight their own fucking battles with their professors and they got to call mommy and daddy and say, Ew, we're not going to donate to the school anymore if you don't give our kid an A. I've, 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 I've seen and heard stories of these students. I remember early, early working where I do now. I overheard a student on their cell phone walking between buildings and the, the wording on the phone was something kind of like, no, mom. I'm not getting a job. Just send me money. Little fucking weasels, maggots, fucking shithead. Ugh. Yeah. D Dennis, you know, let's censor information and pretend nothing we each dislike exists in the world rather than educate kids. Yeah, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's just block everything out instead of actually, you know, talking to our fucking kids. I mean, this is going to lead into another another little news tidbit that I may... Well, you know, I'll probably hit it before break. Um, oh, one more person from these comments, but this is a fucking moron. Judy White from Arvada, Colorado. Yes! An old busybody who can't spell either. Or can't, can't type or write properly. Quote, maybe we should also teach them to make Mets so they get that right also. Yeah, because that makes sense. It is crazy. Oh, she did not capitalize the I in it. And she did not put a space after the period either. It is crazy to think that the school is encouraging this type learning. It may be, not two words, one word maybe. 
it may be an interesting topic, but that doesn't mean it's appropriate to teach to children. No, it is. It's a fucking natural process. Making meth is not a natural process. If they want to learn about meth, watch Breaking Bad. <sighs> the fermentation of sugars and yeasts and everything, that is a natural process. That can happen in nature. I don't think nature is spontaneously producing meth. <sighs> oh. Okay. So I think Judy White from Arvada, Colorado might want to go back to school herself and learn to write properly. Alcohol by volume! For Newsy, I'm Logan Officials in India are blaming toxic bootleg liquor for dozens of deaths. As of Saturday morning, police say as many as 42 people have died in just three days after drinking poisonous liquor, and another 40 are being treated in hospitals, many of which have reportedly lost their eyesight. So far, 32 people have been arrested for illegally brewing and selling the toxic alcohol to villagers celebrating at a Hindu festival. Many consumers turn to this harmful home-brewed alcohol because it's relatively cheaper than buying from the shelves. Brewers use harmful chemicals when making the alcohol to increase its potency. And the Hindustan Times reports the illegal liquor trade has been a growing operation. A liquor trader near where several deaths were reported said, On several instances, I have reported to cops and officials of the excise department about brewing of spurious liquor, but nothing was done. Several teams of police and administrative officials launched an immediate investigation over fears that the death toll may rise. For Newsy, I'm Logan Tittle. Okay. So, the base, the base element of the story, toxic bootleg liquor is killing a bunch of people in India. And before I get into that, I'm actually very curious to see what this is. And son of a bitch. Okay. I, I had a feeling that's what that was. Boy, am I glad I muted so I couldn't even hear anything. And by the rules, I didn't have to let anything play through because I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> but anyway, with this story, it, it sounds like the problems that happen with unregulated moonshine where you'd get people, you know, elements in the drink that you really would not want in a drink. Yeah, Mitch has it perfect. When I think of good liquor, I think of India. <laughs> Yeah, especially if they're using the water from the Ganges or whatever. Ugh. But, um... <laughs> okay. Um, just more more in the chat. More like radio.com slash live. Um, yeah, with the unregulated moonshine, you get, you know, the people dying from, you know, stuff that was added into it that shouldn't have been in there. People going blind, things like that. Okay, fine. But it, there seems to just be a general element of overarching stupidity with this. And and Mitch, you assume they actually boil the water for their liquor. <laughs> me, th- me thinks you assume too much with them. But there does seem to be this element of just rampant stupidity going on with this. Now, I'm not expecting everybody to be a genius like all of us in MLR are. MLR are. That's a little bit difficult to say. 
genius for it. Um, I understand it's cheaper. <sighs> yeah, but you know what? Rubbing alcohol is cheaper than a bottle of vodka. It, you know. Okay, and you know what? Dennis Dennis put it perfectly in the chat. People are not dying from unregulated moonshine. They're dying from stupidity, which I have no problem with. And that's why I, I find it hard to have sympathy for these people here. Sure, they're getting they're getting cheaper liquor that is apparently not on the shelves. You know, the, the legit liquor is on the shelves, but this is stuff is sold, you know, from, you know, behind the counter or something like that. Um I'm not going to trust some random cheap bottle of liquor that some dude just hands me like, "Oh, maybe you'd like to try this." Here, it only one whatever monetary unit we use. I don't know, a rupee or something. Um, unless I know it's where it's coming from. Now, I I have a kind of biased opinion um, with um, some exports of that country because I, I, I had to deal with much stupidity from a, a former co-worker from there, just mind-numbingly, repeatedly. And it, this was not a cultural difference kind of thing. This was you're supposed to be qualified for this job and you know nothing of what you need to know. I'll give you, I'll give you a, um, I'll give you a good example here. This guy was supposed to be an IT person. Now, you guys don't have, you you guys don't have to be, (laughs) shut up, Dennis. Um, you guys don't have to be, you know, tech wizards to know what what an external hard drive is. An external hard drive, you, you know, take it, plug it, USB or maybe FireWire if you have it. Um, I think there might even be Thunderbolt ones, I don't know. Um, and you know, you plug it into your computer. What it basically is, there's a hard drive inside that case that you plug into the computer, which is different than an internal hard drive that does not have that enclosure. Okay? You don't have to be big techie to understand that. He asked me one day if it was okay to put an external hard drive on his desk. Now, it's not like his desk is some huge or with some huge magnet or something like that. You know, it's not like he had hazardous tools or chemicals or something on his desk. No. He wanted to know if it was safe for the drive itself. An external hard drive. An external hard drive that, by its very definition, is meant to be externally placed from the computer. And he was asking if it was okay to put it on his desk. This was an IT guy. So, yeah. So anyway, with this bootleg liquor, if you can't afford the legit stuff, (laughs) you know what? Maybe you don't need to drink during this Hindu celebration then. So just suck it up. Mm, I almost said something bad there, so I'll just say suck it up, buttercup. And if this is such a rampant problem, I I, I think in the the Newsy article that the, um, or the Newsy piece the lovely Logan Tittle did, um, it said like at least 40 people had died from this already. And this was in newspapers there. Now, I know there is a large poverty problem in India, and it is probably 
probably, you know, the people that are in poverty that are cheaping out on this. But mm, newspapers tend to make their way around even if you are not affording one, if you're not purchasing one. And if you see a big headline about people dying from bootleg liquor, are you then going to go into the shop and be like, oh, can I have some of the bootleg liquor, please? Then you're a fucking moron. I'm sorry. I mean, a good solution to not die from this stuff is to not drink the cheap bootleg stuff. It is simple as that. I mean... I'm I'm trying to think of some kind of equivalent thing in this country. Um, I, 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 George Carlin, I know he had a bit about it on like you know safety with children and everything, and how a few kids kind of ruined fun for you know future generations of kids. That you know it used to be passive eugenics. That the kid who swallowed too many marbles doesn't grow up to have kids of his own. And, eh, frankly, we've made it, you know, too easy for stupidity to thrive at this point. Alcohol by volume! I got this from thedrinkbusiness.com. An Australian man has developed a huge stomach growth after drinking a beer that had fallen into a river during a fishing trip. I never want to go to Australia with all the highly venomous and deadly creatures down there. If I drop a beer into the river, it's fucking gone, man. I I don't care if it's my bottle of KBS. That shit is gone. So John McDonald here was on the Brisbane River when he dropped his beer, and he immediately fished it out of the water and carried on drinking. Oh, God! Just hours later, the 60-year-old became seriously ill as a mystery bacteria made his stomach balloon. And uh, if you want to see the picture of this guy, get into the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. McDonald told the Sunshine Coast Daily that after heading to hospital, he was initially prescribed antibiotics to fight the infection. (sighs) I think you're going to need some more antibiotics than that. Shit. I I guess at least he didn't try and pop it. Uh, but just over a week later, he was admitted to hospital for surgery. That initial operation failed, and he underwent a second procedure that also failed. Following that, McDonald fell into a coma, and his family were told that he was unlikely to pull through. Why am I laughing at somebody that fell into a coma? Because he's stupid. After being transferred to the Royal Brisbane Hospital, John came around, but has been told that he needs another six operations to cure the problem. The first was scheduled for, let's see... Uh, last week, that had been canceled due to a shortage of beds. McDonald has now turned to the press in hope of finding a doctor somewhere in the world who might be able to help with this problem. He told the Sunshine Coast Daily, I want to tell my story to the world. Oh, actually, can I do an Australian accent? I don't think I can. I want to tell my story to the world in the hope that someone somewhere might answer my prayers and get me well. I'm a good bloke. I want to be around for my kids and my little grandchild, so if there's a boy good doc out there that can help, and give me a holler. Uh, he added, Clearly the Brisbane River is far more polluted than people think. It was a split-second decision on my part. A stupid one. I have to live with this for the rest of my life. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. He feels like he's an Outback Steakhouse. Ah, oh, you want some shrimp on the barbie? 
Uh, uh, you, you want some Fosters? Uh, Red Dragons! Yeah! Yeah! Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, 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 yeah, um, uh, what, 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 what's the name of my band? I, I forgot the name of my band. Yeah, uh, remember. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> some, <laughs> like, like five, five of you are probably laughing at what the hell that was. I don't. I don't have any shots down here. Sadly, I don't have my vodka bottle. The well, the only alcohol bottle I have down here is my absinthe, and I do think you want me doing that because that will be problematic unless I, you know, do a shot or two during the break. I don't know if there's enough. If there's enough demand in the chat room, maybe, maybe a shot or two of absinthe either during the break or I don't know on the air. And since I don't have any water down here to cut it down with, it would be a straight shot of, uh, let's see, what's the alcohol content on that? 62%? <laughs> oh, no. I think I've excited Dennis. Okay, you guys you guys want me to do the absinthe shot now. And uh, let's see. Oh, Darkseid says we need to do a show where me, you, Dennis, need to hop on one day, drink beer, and talk shit about it. You know, I would... I would love to do that. I would love to do that and just kind of ramble on with it. It would especially be good for a week where I have not done show prep, and I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not trying to sidetrack things. Let me see. Fuck! I don't have a shot glass down here. Uh, how the fuck do I not have a shot glass down here? I. I am a rookie. Jesus Christ. And Dennis, I don't know if you'd like purple haze because it's. On the fruity side of things, but it's not... I don't think it's overly fruity. And, I mean, I, I find Purple Haze pretty much everywhere I go. It's the one Abita that I find everywhere. Uh, God damn it, Dennis. <sighs> Let's see. Uh, this is a cup that I got from the Big Brew Beer Festival. I was keeping... Let's see. It was a bottle opener in there. Uh, four sticks of Ram... A emergency tool for my car and random screw. Oh, you're just saying I should drink from the bottle. Okay, fuck that. Yeah, because I'd probably get like a metallic taste from this fucking thing. God knows what the RAM did to it. All sorts of random things around my desk. Ugh. Okay, now the RAM's not going back in. I should RAM it in. <laughs> Wait, that's probably more sexual than I needed to. Hey, come on, man. I, I, I succumb to peer pressure. Okay. Um, wait, what What the fuck is Insta-video? See, people are trying to... If, if you're not in the chat, you'll see it. Uh, people in the chat are saying Vine, Insta-video. Wait, would that be Instagram? Instagram video? Okay. Let me load up my phone here. The sad thing is I have family members following me on Instagram. But I don't give a shit. So. Okay. Oh. Okay, good. And. Let me see if I can actually do this without. I need to, like, put my fucking phone on a tripod or something. Jesus Christ. Oh, wait. Maybe if I do it, uh. Maybe if I do it right-handed, it will actually work. This This has to be completely interesting to all of you. So, uh, let me push the mic away a little bit, and, okay, this w this will be on Instagram very shortly, and let me 
record and oh wait, fucker, god damn it. <laughs> okay, I am obviously not knowing what I'm doing and taking pictures instead. God damn it. Okay, video. Here we go. Ah. Okay. Live on the air with a bottle of absinthe, and here we go. Oh, that was about <laughs> two or three shots. Whew. Oh, boy. Ha. It's a good thing I like licorice. Holy shit. Oh, my God. My fucking eyes are watering. And posting to Instagram... Let me put on the requisite filter, just to make it more artistic. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah, friends, tune in around 7.15. Yeah, I'm going to have to tell people on... Uh... Oh, okay, let me see. i got to pick out a good cover frame for this one, just to make it special. There we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a problem. So any, anybody is not well, you know. If you're follow me on Twitter, it's going to get posted to Twitter. Uh, e d i c i u s. And live on. Oh, Jesus, I'm still fucking getting the shivers from that. Alcohol? No, not fuck the pens. Even though, yes, fuck the penguins all the time. Alcohol by volume. Oh shit! I just realized I didn't really eat either, so this could be more problematic. And... Do I have internet down here? Oh yeah, of course I do. I'm, I'm streaming. What the fuck? See if my... Okay. So, <laughs> posted to Twitter. Check it out. Also posted to Instagram if anybody's following. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How much is this... Bo God, I got half the bottle left. Too. I probably shouldn't have told you guys that. So I was doing a I was doing a list, wasn't I? I'm gonna be lucky if I get through that. Alcohol by volume. And that was alcohol by volume for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, little blasts from the past and me making a general ass of myself. So, um, of course, always check out the ABV beer tasting list. Beer tasting list. Wow, even at the end of the show, I can't talk right tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. And of course, like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. I know there are a bunch of you, bunch of you out there downloading this show. If you like the page, I promise I will provide you new and original content on there. I will make an effort to do it. I promise. Just like the page. Follow me on Twitter at Odysseus, E-D-I-C-I-U-S, or at M-L-R underscore alcohol. Look me up on Untapped. Friend me on there. Alcohol by volume. All one word. Don't know if they're live tonight, but I'll promote them anyway. Unsigned Hype coming up next, followed by Dutch and Royce. And of course, of course, of course, go to CousinJoeShow.com and pick yourself up a copy of Coletta Calls Volume 1, it's only five bucks. You can give more if you want, but do it. You will not regret it. It's fucking hilarious. Trust me on this. I don't know if I'm going to be live next week. 
Hopefully I will be. If not, I'll have something for you, no matter what. So um, everybody enjoy your Christmas. Have a good one. Um, Don't drink so much that you puke, but, you know, imbibe healthy amounts. And I will see you on the next Alcohol by Volume. Oh, Christ was born.